Okay, so today I am joined by Natalie Alliston, my dearly beloved, and Chris O'Connor. We're going to talk a little bit about Will Smith, the massive shock that probably shouldn't be a shock to everyone and everyone shouldn't be talking about it so much. And we probably shouldn't be sat here judging him too much, but what we want to do is to pull some lessons out and to analyse it for what could have been going on within those few minutes of chaos, but also a little bit before, bringing a bit of context, a bit of narrative um, to what happened, and also just seeing the different takes on it. I think it's important that Nat's here to be able to chat about it from her point of view. What would I do in the situation? What would Natalie do in the situation? And we're also joined by Chris O'Connor, the man of rationality, the man of mindfulness. And we will be talking a little bit about the situation, but also we want to avoid gossip. We also want to avoid um, ridiculous reactions. And we want to get to some lessons, some things that we can pull out of it. And I think going forward as well, we want to maybe take more of a current take on what things are going on. If it overlaps with masculinity, if it overlaps with mental health, and to be able to make sense of it, to be able to make sense of it and, and bring some more ways to think about these things. Firstly, the slap that Will Smith put on to Chris Rock was a massive shock. I could not believe it. I could not believe it. And wanted to chat about this, wanted to talk about it and sort of get to grips with some of the subjects and topics that blend into what just happened. And I want to ask Chris off the bat what you think about the whole situation and how your opinions may have swayed over time, if they have? Uh, well, first, I think it's definitely good by saying, um, I think it is a real event. I don't think this was a fake stage. Yeah. I know there's quite a lot of conspiracy theories I'm seeing. I I'm just not buying that yeah. at all. Everything from the body language to how they, I just think it shows it actually was a real thing which happened. If um, if if it was staged, then it's the best acting I've ever seen. If you wanted to make mm. it look real, because you deserved the Oscar yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, uh, because yeah. it was the most and awkward. best supporting actor, Chris Rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the most awkward <laughs> interchange I've ever seen, and um, on the biggest stage that there is, it was uh, quite remarkable. Me and Natalie watched it um, as the first thing that we woke up to um, in the US, and. Uh, I couldn't quite believe my eyes. I couldn't quite believe what happened. Yeah, same. And um, for that to have, have spilled over into such a big event. And there's so many things that we can talk about, there's so many things that have gone into it. Um, but yeah, I, I had... <sighs> I had quite, I've had quite a swinging of opinions. I've had quite a pendulum that has gone back and forth between what's happened. And the more and more understanding, the more and more sort of pieces I've put together, um, I'm coming to some sort of opinion on the whole thing. The first thing that I thought, bizarrely, because I feel like I'm, everyone who's seen this is putting their own projection onto it. I was like thinking, 
well, there's consequences. <laughs> there's consequences for what you do in the world. That's what I thought. Like, I didn't know or understand the gravity of the joke. I did think that there must be some gravity towards it. Um, but then I thought there's actually consequences. I thought about the online world. I thought about what people are saying just day in, day out, and people just talking absolute shit and just going on and just going on and on. And it's almost like they feel like they're standing for something, but I feel like they're just feeling like they've got to have something to say. And Chris Rock is someone that, you know, does, <laughs> he does seem like that guy when you're younger, when you think he needs a punch in the face. <laughs> and I'm thinking that, I'm thinking there is consequences to what you say. And that's the initial reaction that I had. Um, I don't know if that's because I sort of am a Will Smith fan. Um, but the more and more that stuff has been pulled out of it, I'm like, why has he done that? That is the most embarrassing moment for him. And also for Jada, I don't think that would be anything that she would have wanted to happen in life. All right. That's sort of what, what, what I thought. That's she'd never want that. It'd be so embarrassing for that to happen. She did tweet support after it, right, though, and it got really? deleted. Okay. So I think initially there was a deleted tweet. I, I don't, again, I'm not 100% sure on the facts, but she tweeted something out saying, um, thanks to Will Smith for standing up for the uh, alopecia community or something like that, and, or something along those lines. And then she deleted it. So right. she, she seems to have shifted her. Mm. Uh, opinion as well, but yeah, yeah. The, the, she put something out today about saying she's here for healing. So yeah, yeah. For me, it kind of seems like one of them situations. You know, when you've had a disagreement or an argument, or someone said something to you, and then you're in the shower, like the day after something, and having your alone time and going through all the things you should have said or could have done, mm. and yet having this narrative going on in your yeah. head, it felt like. Will Smith was imagining that situation, yeah. but it wasn't. It was reality. Like he actually went and did like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's like something that I think shocked. It shocked me in that when we saw it. I think it shocked the world because of how drastic a moment it was. It sort of pierced through the mem membrane of any normality that we have in society. And the Oscars, which such a staged and glamorous sort of event which is all about putting on this show it literally cut right through that show about <laughs> it was just so out of the ordinary which i feel like the world is getting more and more of now it just feels like it's so far out mm -hmm. of the ordinary and this is just another episode of that um and it's almost like we can't contain the ordinary much anymore um with the world that we're living in and just on Will Smith, one thing that I've pieced together in the last few days, his memoir, which I read a few months ago, the main theme that runs through his memoir, and the first thing that he opens up with is saying that all his life he's felt like a coward. And he felt like a coward because when his dad used to beat his mother up, he didn't do anything and he just stood by and watched and felt helpless. And that created a thread of 
him feeling like he was a coward his whole life. I wonder if, amongst other things that we will not know about, amongst other things that we do know about with his relationship and Jada, if this was something that had been built up so long in his head and he felt like he just couldn't take anymore and he acted completely out of um, rage and a built-up belief that he had to act somehow and in some way and show and show people that he wasn't a coward. I get that. I, I didn't know that, but I've read it in... Uh, uh, Magnus did an article for Mentality, mm -hmm. which, um, to shout out to Magnus, I read that yesterday, uh, about the uh, his feeling like a coward from his childhood. And you can certainly draw the dots there um, into that coming out in that behaviour. Uh, I guess, so. look, the, the things I thought about it, right, are it's almost, and I think you both agree, that we don't really want to be talking about this. Mm -hmm. Like this, it was the biggest news story. There's like it was everywhere. There's all these think pieces, and part of me is like, it just shouldn't be this big a thing. Yeah. But equally, I think it presented so many things, and there was comments on it that showed areas of masculinity that we try and talk about. We should be talking about this mm -hmm. from mentality because it got so big. So recognizing that it's a sad reflection on the world today that, that an event uh, as trivial than that, like would throw. Ukraine and Yemen and other yeah. things like way down the headlines and trending topics. But that is the world we live in. And again, it did overlap into areas we kind of talk about anyway. I think the joke, I just want to say, I'm not a big fan of that kind of nasty kind of like that comedy. I know some people like that sort of stuff. I don't really like it. I don't think joking about stuff where it's something someone can do nothing about, like alopecia, and it's mm. something which probably causes loads of distress. I just think that sort of stuff, it's not for me, it's cheap, and I can understand why she felt, you know, I know the people say, oh, they're celebrities, they should be able to get roasted in the front row, but if something's caused you loads of grief in your life, I, I don't know, I just, I just don't like that stuff. I don't like that comedy, so I didn't really like the joke anyway. And then I kind of think, I also have this thought that we're not designed to be that famous. We're not designed to be that level of celebrity. I don't think you can actually remain psychologically normal or you'd have to work very hard. Yeah. Think about Will Smith's life. He's a superstar from like young teenage kind of years. And everyone you meet is always going to, you must have had this a bit, Steve. Like you, anyone who's a Rhinos fan, you automatically... It's going to be a bit different around you because you on a level uh, that they look up to us. Like you can't be a normal functioning, psychologically capable celebrity at that level. I think it's something, it's kind of scary. People think they want it, but I think when you get there, I'm not sure you would. Mm. Um, and then the final point is I think he should definitely be removed from the ceremony after yeah. that. Like you can't have someone do a violent act. We can talk about and discuss it after, but you can't just be sit back down and then win yeah. an Oscar and it'd be like, Normal. I don't know. They were my kind of thoughts on it all. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know if you've got any reflections yeah. on it. The biggest one for me, and you just said it then, is being a celebrity is not normal. I mean, mm. us walking around in our daily lives, having to operate is difficult enough. And one of the biggest things that really stood out for me is how can we expect 
people of Will Smith's level of celebrity to set any form of boundaries in their life. Mm -hmm. You know, boundaries is a word now that's kind of in the cultural norm to be talking about and something I really struggle with and I think most people do. Actually, Chris, I think you're one of the people I look up to most in terms of setting boundaries. I think you're really clear in your way of doing it. Um, But I feel like with the celebrity, we have this idea that if you're in the public eye, then we get to pick at you. We get to talk about you as much as we want and they just have to deal with it. And that's just how it is because they're in the public eye and there's no topic that us as a public don't get to approach with them or don't get to pick into or don't get an insight into and that is just the most inhuman and for me really sad um side to all of this like if Will had said if he'd not done what he'd done and later he said look this is my boundary I I understand that I'm a celebrity and people can make jokes and all this kind of stuff. But my boundary is I don't want people making jokes about my wife's health problems because that for my family has been really difficult. And, um, you know, it's a really sensitive subject that we're still dealing with. In our lives, if you say that to someone, the likelihood is someone's going to respect it. But as a celebrity, if Will said, can you please not make jokes about my wife's um, medical condition, there's going to be more jokes about it. It's going to be in a stand-up comedian's tour. They're going to, you know, it becomes public property to prod and poke at that. So I guess I have sympathy because as someone who struggles with setting boundaries, you know, when you're going through that phase when something's sensitive, it's so easy to try set that boundary straight away and do it in a really over dramatic reactionary response. And I kind of, although I really disagree and don't know how he didn't think from his chair to being stood in front of Chris Rock, how there wasn't a realization of, oh, don't do this. But I can understand how on edge you are. We don't know how many boundaries have already been crossed by people close to him, by the public, by the press, that led to that moment where he's not been able to enforce, actually for me, I don't want people to be crossing this boundary. We don't know how many times that line's already been crossed for him to get to that point where he's sat in that chair and it's made that joke and you know millions of people are watching you know it's just not normal circumstances and then like another point that you made Chris is our reaction to it we still think we have a right to say whether this is morally right or wrong whether him getting up and reacting like that is good or bad and you can speak to so many different people and they have opposing opinions yet we're all discussing whether it was right or wrong. But I know, I mean, anyone who's been in a high school knows that men have been brought up in a way with violence as a part of their communication toolbox. So then how can we come back now 
and be all sat here saying, you know, this guy is so wrong and this is this and whatever, when we all know men in our lives that struggle from childhood or boyhood to then become an adult and suddenly the responsibility is that they have to find other ways of communicating because no longer violence isn't accepted yet throughout their whole boyhood and childhood violence has been celebrated you know it's not how it works and I think my biggest thing is one the disbelief of watching the video was like jaw dropping we had to watch it like three or four times to even just comprehend what was going on but then also the disbelief of everyone's reaction to it Mm. is just mind-boggling to me and also the um, blurring out of the slap is the craziest thing in my head because me and Stevie were watching American TV last night we were watching Shark Tank which is the American version of Dragon's Den so a real like normal TV show you know, that you would watch with your kids, you know? It's not like a um, an age-censored TV show. And in the adverts, they were advertising the news, which was going to come on after this show, and they were advertising about Putin and Ukraine and uh, the bombings of Ukraine and whether Putin is going to remove troops um, from one city to then go bomb another city they were physically they were advertising this in an advert on a normal tv show so we can turn on the tv and watch that stuff but we have to blur out a man slapping another man on tv which all of us have seen at some point in our lives like i'm not saying either is correct or both are wrong or whatever it's just disbelief at how we react to different things differently um yeah it, it's crazy that is great that right makes me think of uh i'm a fan of like ufc and boxing and stuff and they'll put delays on the interviews in case one of the people in the post fight swears and i think <laughs> i've just watched two blokes fight for 25 minutes where one of them's elbowed the other guy's and cut his head open and it's and you know, I think we could talk about that sort of violence, but, you know, these are two consenting adults who get involved, uh, male or female, get involved in martial arts and want to test themselves. And you can watch them fight each other and try and, you know, knock each other unconscious or choke each other out. But if they drop the F-bomb in the post-interview, <laughs> it gets blurred out and they're like, we apologise for any language. You're like, yeah. how can that be any worse if, uh, you know, for people then perhaps, uh, or for young viewers then mm-hmm. watching the violence on display. And uh, the violence on display, I think you've got to contextualise it and understand it if you're young viewers and understand it. It's martial arts, these are athletes trying to contest themselves. Um, but yeah, it is weird that you can think about, oh, Putin's moving some nuclear weapons, but I can't see a slap. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I feel like there's so many ways to look at it. And, and the stuff with that type of joke, Chris, I, from from what I understand, Chris Rock didn't realise that um, Jada had alopecia. Okay. So him his attitude going into it was that she just chose to shave her head, um, go into the Oscars, I imagine, like I know her daughter that their daughter does. Um, she's chosen to do that before. 
So I guess he's gone into it and you just see it as such a massive misunderstanding, you know, like, so it's like, it's just so overblown. It's just so unnecessary. Um, and I guess it, it was a mild, it was a mild sort of joke and the reaction was just so, so strong. Um, and, you know, you, you you talk about masculinity or you think about masculinity and I almost feel like Will Smith was, felt like he was in a movie then, isn't it? Like a movie of his own life and I guess displays of violence in his films are, are applauded and, and um, allowed and encouraged and when he's playing the superhero and then he's got up and he's crossed that line into into real life and it's just like the illusion of it, of, of the Oscars, the illusion of everything being perfect and everyone being happy has, has, has been broken. And it, I think it touches on a lot of the stress and a lot of the chaos that the world is, is going through at the minute. And um, I think that's, that's right in terms of Will Smith personally. They've been so open. They've been so open uh Jada and Will Smith have been so open about their relationship. And I also, I think that's a good thing, but I wonder how much. Is it? I, it, I don't know. I was thinking like, when we're talking gonna... about boundaries, I was like, do you actually think it's useful to share? Like you're just feeding the flames that now Pro- saying they're going to be there anyway. Probably. Like, why? I don't know. This, this, is, I... this is one. Mm. If they if they if it's processed, if it's fully processed, and they can stick by what they've felt and what they've done and um, prepare to be vulnerable. Probably is asking for trouble, to be honest, on the scale they do it. But I almost feel like there's, there's a, there was an urge to, to prove himself or to gain something back. And after reading his book, it, you know, it's a similar story in terms of someone who's achieved it all and got it all and then they still went happy and I know him and Jada split up and decided they'd go and you know make themselves happy and and understand that what that was and Will Smith said he'd done like a a 12 day silent retreat but not a proper one he took himself off to his his place in wherever with with books and they try and meditate and it's he spoke about the term it's not, not a proper through. one it's, it's not, not a, is it he, not he said official. he said he couldn't yeah. go the full level maybe if he went the full level he'd have he'd been mindful enough to not clock um chris rock around the chops but the uh yeah just i just feel like there was a a rescue or he wanted to rescue something that he'd not processed something that he felt so raw about and possibly as Nat said some boundary which he's, he's had to outline himself and it just felt mm-hmm. like he had to rescue his his masculinity and almost pride and I think he got it wrong and I think possibly he's there knowing he's going to collect an Oscar and what's added into it is oh he's had to take a bit of a a dent to the ego um well, just to play devil's advocate, so I jump in, like, there will be people probably thinking, well, he laughed at the joke first. You know, yeah. 
Yeah. So people will be saying, well, you can't be. So there's different ways because it maybe he hadn't processed it properly, or maybe sure. when he looked at Jada, he realized she wasn't happy. He changed. Uh, but I think it's like naught to 13 seconds. He went from laughing at it to slap. So there's yeah. something to think about there. But I mean, it's interesting here because maybe Stevie, you can speak a bit more on this, but Stevie and I have been in situations where Stevie's been insulted in a very public situation, you know, as normal as us just walking down the high street in Headingley, a fan yeah. or a rugby fan or whoever can come up to Stevie and say something with a jerking turn, you know, about, oh God, you must be made out of chocolate. You know, you're always getting injured and all these things as Stevie's walking along on crutches and we've just had to, mm. you know, he's just had to go have an operation. I'm under stress because I work full time, but, you know, also having to, make sure Stevie's all set up so that when he's at home, he can get everything that he needs and all the other stuff that goes around that worrying about, okay, how's his recovery going to be? Is it going to be, you know, getting back into the team, all this kind of stuff. And then there's just this stranger to us that can come up to Stevie in the middle of the street and have this encounter where they feel like they're having a joke, but what they're actually doing is really pressing on a bruise that is not healed at all yet and mm. the thing with them situations is you do laugh because it's awkward it's really awkward mm. for me and for example Stevie in that situation that's part of his job you know to communicate with fans and to um be a role model figure it kind of comes with the territory um, you can argue Stevie just chose to be an athlete. He just was a really talented rugby player that ended up being able to make it into a career. But part of that is having to deal with that stuff. And in so many situations, I stand there wanting to say, well, no, actually, you know, he's not that unlucky and, you know, injuries are part of the job. And actually, can you not come up to us on a Sunday when we're trying to... Mm have a nice time and you know bring all this to us but you mm. we I'm, I've never said anything like that and Stevie always replies super kindly and you know jokes about himself and I actually think sometimes honesty in them types of situations you kind of use it as a form of empowerment for yourself if somebody's already going to be joking at your expense rather than hiding information and letting people decide what their own facts are, sometimes being overly honest, I think is a way that people kind of choose a bit of empowerment in the situation. You know, like I think of the Jada and Will stuff, if it was going to come out anyway, of, you know, Jada sleeping with someone else or whatever the whole situation is, if it was going to come out, why not be honest? Why not have that empowerment of being able to say it in the way that you want it to be said and putting your narrative out there. So it's like, it's hard. I think, again, it's almost like the impossible situation. You either don't say anything and people are going to talk about it anyway, but you don't get to share your side of it. Or you do say something and then people are going to, yeah, you know, go into that. But I think in terms of the, the joke, I can understand why he laughed 
at first because there's been so many situations where you're laughing at something and then I'm thinking actually you know we've just had to deal with Stevie going through two operations in however many months you know he's worried about his employment he's getting back in the all the things that come around that stuff and this stranger has just walked up to us and said this and what's their right to be able to do that I mean I've never we've never been in a situation where we've gone back at someone and said something but you do kind of have that moment of you're laughing you're like haha and then you're like oh actually that's not that nice you know so I understand the laugh yeah I I I think it's it's an automatic some automatic reaction for his social environment and his is what's going on for him right now and where he is and what the sort of normal reaction is to those roasts. And I think it's something just clicked in him in combination with the resentment that self resentment that he felt about being a coward and feeling that Jada's line had been crossed and it was pure speculation here. I feel a bit uncomfortable because I feel like I'm gossiping, but I feel like I'm wanting to just try and understand it and break it down so that we can make something out of it useful. Um, but it could be that it, the line's been crossed of Jada. He's sort of snapped out of it and realised that he didn't want to feel like a coward. And and that has, in turn, created that energy and that, that moment that he's reacted with. And I think what Nat was just talking about in terms of um, me, it definitely would be um, a bruise, you know, that's continually being pressed on with with people making those jokes and um, having those sort of slight digs and just, I guess, trying to connect with you in, in, in something, in some sort of way. Because... I'd feel less. I'd feel less of myself in those moments, um, especially injury after injury. I'd feel less of a person um, because I was less of a rugby player. And you know, when that identity is so fixed to you, you feel like you're less of a person, and um, you are being judged. You know, in those jokes, in those comments, you are being judged, uh, and there has been judgment that have gone into it, and it. And it does hurt, and it's, it's not me saying I don't, I don't think anyone should have ever said it. I don't think people can say what they want, you know. I'm not, but in reality, it is something that you're already working with. You know, you're already aware of that, and you're already sort of trying to work through it. And I guess those jokes, uh, I guess they do trigger you a little bit, and they do sort of confirm to you what what's going on in your head and and how you're feeling and understanding what other people are thinking about you, you know. And I guess a lot of it is about ownership. I think it's there's these things in life that happen where you do something or something happens to you and you feel a sense of shame about it or regret or guilt. And and these things, I feel like you resist them. You know, you resist it being a part of yourself. So there's almost that play at, at chopping away the resistance so that you can own it, you know, and, and to be able to own 
what it is. And I think that's, in essence, with such a public lifestyle um, and I'd say deranged sort of lifestyle that, that Hollywood actors live in, um, they're living so close to every every part of them, every part that they're trying to resist, every part that they they feel embarrassed about, or every part that they feel um, like they're working through is so close to um, the spotlight and so close to opinion and jokes. And um, I don't think that can be an easy easy way to live. And you know, we we spoke a little bit about it, and that didn't we about the pressure that that they must come on under. Um, it's not. It's completely unique to people in that position, and and people that have opinions on what happened and and what's wrong and what's right. It's like there's no understanding for what. What, what their life is, you know, what 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 they're actually feeling and and going through every day, because we we just we just we can only guess, you know. Um, yeah, I think as well. What's an interesting side of it? Um, I think was it when he collected his Oscar, he kind of touched on it that he spoke about, you know, I'm protecting my family. And this kind of element to it, I think that's really interesting because it touches upon that primal mm. kind of feeling. I think a lot of men um, connect to this idea of being the protector of the family and stuff like that. And, you know, times have progressed so much that I think this identity has changed over time. Um, but I do think a lot of men still really deeply connect to that idea um and I guess I kind of wanted to ask both of you um maybe with you Chris you know if someone insulted your partner in front of you you know do you think you would feel responsible of protecting her in that moment or do you believe you know she's able to handle that situation for, do you know what I mean like where's that line yeah, it's a really good question like uh I don't know if it's wrong to think you immediately want to step in and deal with it because that's another human being who's their own person latency and let's just say off the outset it's different if it's violence if someone is violently uh involved in attacking someone you know or love then I think anyone has a moral yeah. right to try and defuse that or get yeah. in the way or break up. But if it was in, an insult, yeah. yeah, I definitely will feel um, like I have to stick up for it. But I don't even know if that's just a masculine. I would expect her to maybe do the same for me as well. Like, um, But then I don't know if the right thing to do is to have a moment where you allow them to deal with it first and try and pick up on the body language of whether they want you to step in mm -hmm. or not. Uh, I haven't really thought mm -hmm. about it, to be honest, but yeah, it's interesting. And actually, Stevie mentioned that thing about mindfulness earlier. If you've gone from naught to 12 seconds to kind of like going along with the laugh for a bit and thinking about it, and then you're on stage slapping, you have been hijacked by a thought, and that's never a good yeah. thing. You've been hijacked by something, emotion, thought, and that rarely works well. Um, so mm -hmm. I think I would probably feel 
I would have a quick check with Claire, like have a look and see, and then step in and maybe allow. Uh, she might want me to say something, um, or she might just want to defuse the situation and get away, and then I'd ha- I would do that. So I'd probably try and have a mindful moment to deal with what I think is best in that situation. But it's a really good question. So I don't mean, is it? Do, do you think? Uh, like the so society deems men have to because I think we shouldn't be talking for women in every situation I think that's a that's a bad thing like um and yeah what would what would you expect Steve to do in the same situation then if we've got we've got a couple on the pod so <laughs> yeah well I think I'm the more Larry one <laughs> out of the couple. Larry. Um, <laughs> is that the word? A that's word. a great word. Um, I haven't heard Larry in a while. Uh, yeah. that back. I feel like that's a real northern it's like, a Molly word that she got a bit Larry. Um what do I mean by that? I feel like Stevie is the calmest person I've ever met in my life. And it takes a lot to really get him to emotionally react to something in the moment. It's one of the traits that I completely admire in him. It's really annoying as well, you know, when you just want <laughs> someone to have a reaction to something. He's like the worst person to try get a reaction from because he'll really just think about it. Are you it saying I'm like Buddha? And then he'll... No, I'm not saying like Buddha. Um. Where I do think I'm more, um, I can be super vocal with what I think and I don't have a problem with um, sharing what I think. Like I, I don't feel, I feel as if my opinion is just as valid as other people's. But I also do think that um, if I was in a situation where I was a guest of Stevie's in an environment that was Stevie's environment. As a guest, I wouldn't feel comfortable if somebody, I felt like someone insulted me in that moment. If I was Stevie's guest for a work thing or something like that, I don't think I would feel comfortable to respond to that. And in that situation, I think I would expect Stevie to, um, not slap someone i would never expect stevie to slap someone ever unless it like you said it was yeah they were being physically violent first actually if they're being physically violent first i still want default to a slap like i think that's the, yeah 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 especially yeah, stevie, you just stevie should have to tackle them at least do something that would do is yeah like he's thought about the slap there on it i mean if you just smacked him uh i think would be it'd be completely different but he's sort of like in his emotional red state, um, chimp brain, he's gone up and he's, he's gone, slapped him. And it's like downgrades it a little bit. Um, yeah. A little bit. But I do think... Yeah, that's what you were saying when I jumped in about I think the, it the context of the situation. The situation. Yeah, yeah it, if I'm a guest of Stevie's and... I don't know, someone he works with or his family or whatever, whatever the situation could be, has done something that's insulted me. I would kind of yeah. expect Stevie to diffuse the situation and him to take that responsibility. So- but then I also likewise think that if Stevie is a guest of mine and someone 
one of my work colleagues or one of my family has insulted CV, then I think it's my responsibility to help diffuse that situation if needed, you know? Um, so I think, I think I struggle when people put it down to gender. Mm. I don't think it's got anything to do with, for me, I don't feel like Jaden needed him to protect in that her context, in that they're, moment. They're both actors and they were around actors. They're both just as yeah. famous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think context is really important. I think, obviously, we're talking about this as if the premise is that Chris Rock is targeting uh, Jada, I think it's Smith, with that joke and knowing that she had Alpecia. But obviously, from what I understand, he didn't know she had Alpecia. So I think it's a massive misunderstanding. And something that could have helped the situation is he either does it after the ceremony and speaks to him and says, you know that Jada's got Alpecia and she doesn't appreciate this. Why would you joke about that? Or and just to get how he's feeling. Or he could have said it. He could have said it. He could have got up and, and spoke about it. Or he, he could have addressed it. Um, and like Nat says, to, to make that boundary known then. Um, obviously, it's completely wrong to go up and slap um, Chris Rock. But I do feel, and someone's mentioned this actually, that it, it almost did look like the straw had broke the camel's back um, after, after being mocked. And after feeling like he's been a coward, after being mocked online, and it looks like to me that he's, he's tried to rescue some sort of pride, masculinity, and and I think about uh, as a as a young lad, as a rugby player, living in the world of, of rugby league, uh, and how you know masculine it is. You you always have that chance to rescue your masculinity on the pitch. You know if. Mm. If something's offended you, something's hurt your feelings, something's um, your manliness has been um, questioned, then you'd always have have that next game to go and prove yourself and to to rescue that. And I, I could think of many times when a young lad, when I felt embarrassed by something or I felt um, like I was being mocked for something and it, it could just be from easily sort of banter from, from in the change rooms. And, but I can, I almost unconsciously felt like I put more effort into a tackle or I'd end up fighting, you know? And like, that's as a young lad and that's as someone that is just trying to make it in, in rugby. But I do think there is something in, in how the perception of 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 what Will Smith had in his mind and and what he perhaps felt like couldn't be crossed anymore and and I feel like it was there's a past there's a history to either those three or and um, the narrative that he felt is felt like a coward and he's he's had to disprove that you know I, I honestly feel like that's part of it and it's off the back of a massive misunderstanding because. G.I. Jane, G.I. Jane, I think, is 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 a beautiful sort of um, character in a in a film, and it looks to me as if this Chris Rock is like completely um, just 
been unaware about that whole situation and he probably should have been aware about it to be honest um but yeah we could we could talk so so long about the depth of it all um do you think Stevie that um the the height of the occasion could have played into it I mean you've been in situations you know finals and stuff like that where you're the emotion or what's up for grabs at this moment in time in your life has been made up not by yourself but everyone around you the media everything it's like made into this massive situation and the emotional heightened I don't know that that you're feeling in that moment you know it's like everything is extreme you're living in the extremes do you think that could have played into it like for example when you're just about to win a final you know the things play out more seriously than what they would if you're just on an average Tuesday you know I think that build-up and it- the height of it being so high and the event being so big, it it, it plays into your ego, plays into who you think you are in those times. And no, Denzel Washington had said to Will Smith, probably after the event, be careful because at the highest places, that's when the devil uh, touches you. And it's like, I feel, I honestly feel like he's, Will Smith was ablaze with this idea of who he was, where he was, what he was doing, and the line was crossed, and it didn't take a lot to cross the line. And I think you probably do feel like you're it, you know? He probably, he probably does feel like he's it, and this is me trying to understand it, and I might be miles off, but he probably did feel like he was it, and that he couldn't have anyone denting that and taking that away you know in that moment that's I honestly do feel like it was a big act of ego and uh, and and not something which is a great advertisement um, for, for for anyone not just men um, in dealing with with adversity you know um, mm. but yeah the, 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 the grandeur of it it's all ego, isn't it? I mean, the Oscars is all ego. That's literally what it is. It's a display of of, of ego and grandeur and, and um, being on another plane of reality, which is so exclusive. And I don't think that's healthy for a normal Are you still annoyed, Steve, that you got snubbed for your neighbours? Uh... I know, I'm like, why wasn't I there? (laughs) Why wasn't I there? But yeah, I just, I think it's interesting because I think a lot of people listening will understand what it's like to to have jokes directed at them and and banter directed at them and they've just got to laugh it off and, and get on with it because, you know, the worst thing that you can do is to show a reaction because yeah. you've exposed yourself and then everyone's going to know to do that again. And that's like the, the main rule that you learn <laughs> when you're going into this, that it's like, just keep the wall up. Don't show that you've been affected by it because otherwise the floodgates open. And 
that's almost something that you learn as a, as a man growing up in in so many different environments, and you you almost learn not to expose that vulnerability because that vulnerability is going to keep getting worked on until you own it. And it looked like there was some things that Will Smith hadn't been able to own going into that night. Why do you think he wasn't removed? Like, do you think there was kind of an understanding of how big this night was or for him? Because or... I just can't wrap my head around that he went and slapped someone and then wasn't removed in any other situation. Even on the field of play, Stevie, if someone gets into a fight, they at least get sin binned, you know? Um, I, why, I can't why understand it at all. Like, I literally, it's beyond belief. They didn't think, right, he's got to be... I guess one of the factors is uh, the way Chris Rock reacted about just completely um, moving on and carrying us. If he had been like, I've just been assaulted on, you know, I think maybe played into yeah. it a little bit, but yeah, you, you can't be allowing someone to just come and assault someone on stage, uh, regardless of whether you think it was correct or not, what they said. Yeah, I don't understand. Maybe, I mean, yeah. like you both, I, I watched it a few times. Like, is this, was this really, is this a real thing? Like, I couldn't quite, <laughs> maybe they were just going, did this really just happen? I thought they were. Someone must be in the back room being like, ah, oh, this there's a bad there's more bad news here because uh he's he's won the Oscar. So they were like, oh, what are we gonna do? Yeah. 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 I honestly this is what I can imagine was happening behind the scenes. And this is almost shows you how the world is run. I I genuinely do think that them conversations of Will's just slapped the hearse. Yeah, but Will's gonna win the yeah. most, the biggest award of yeah. the night. Shit, what do we do? Well, we can't not have him accept the award because that's gonna ruin the evening, and we can't possibly ruin the evening yeah. because you know this is what we can't. It's like our judgment of what's important in their moments becomes so um, warped. And it's actually. I know I texted you about this the other day, Chris, of this idea of moral disengagement that depending on different situations, we can totally disengage from our moral compass. That if somebody asked us, is slapping someone wrong? We'd all be like, yes, of course it's wrong. You shouldn't do it. If someone slaps someone, should they be removed from the situation? Mm. Yes, of course. Yet when you put context to it and you're like, yeah, it's the Oscars, they're about to win the main award. It's Will Smith and um, it's for TV that there's probably so many millions of pounds of sponsorship as a part of it. And this evening has to go on. Oh, well, no, don't remove him then because that's more important yeah, yeah. than this other thing in that moment. And we just so quickly disengage from what we can all sit here and say is right and wrong. Yeah, it would take you know? it takes a lot of courage to actually stand up in those moments in the moment. But often you might be able to reflect and say we should have done mm -hmm. this, but to make the right call and be like, no, no, we have to set a precedent here. That's just that's not okay. And we you know we'll read him out as best actor and say, 
unfortunately due to circumstances he was not able to accept the speech and yeah I, I, I agree I feel like there's I don't know if it's like moral cowardice or it's just everyone deferring to other people or or what but yeah I think you're right that everyone was just like ah oh, look this is the Oscars it will we'll deal with it after or something or yeah it's mm -hmm. too late and, mm -hmm. and the, no one even knows well I don't who else won that night no one even is talking about anything else that happened that night it's all about that actually education. quite a lot of groundbreaking like good stories came out of that night which is a good thing to mention actually and they were all overshadowed by mm. this event which is sad yeah. isn't it like yeah yeah it's it is it's just it's just completely just something that has is shocked everyone and the fact that he obviously collected the Oscars and was trying to put together a, a pre-made speech um, that was tainted by the action that he did before. And then he's, he's rapping in the after party and the Oscars. It's like, oh, get back to the script. Got to get back to the script. Show must go on. And it's just crazy. It's just absolutely crazy. Um, and yeah, there's, there's quite a bit. There's quite a bit that I think he's going to come out in the in in terms of fallout of it all and how it's going to it's good, that is a moment that both of those guys are never going to be able to live down and uh, I know Jim Carrey mm -hmm. said like Chris Rock should be suing Will Smith for, for, for millions because he's going to be defined by that moment he's certainly going to have to change his stand up routine quite a bit that is, is going on to do a tour pretty soon. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it makes, you know, the moment where Kanye West went up and took the microphone off Taylor Swift, it makes that look like... He was probably nothing. the only happy person, wasn't he? You know? <laughs> he was like, I've been... Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, finally, yeah. I'm not the crazy, the yeah. crazy man in uh, the A-list. And Ricky Gervais is now. probably pretty happy that he didn't do a, a, a Will Smith gag or any... My uh, God, he's, can you he's imagine? Done it as well. Can you imagine? Stevie has been obsessed with looking at all the David Brent um, <laughs> yes, memes that come out. Yeah. He literally he's spent hours on, yeah. yesterday. This <laughs> the one, so many, yeah. The, the one where David Brent is eating a flan and he's taking it out of his mouth as if it's disgusting. And the, the label is Chris Rock and the flan is Will Smith's wife's name. I'm just like, it's getting ridiculous. It's getting absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like the only way that we can deal with stuff. I think it helps it slide into um, some form of understanding when you make jokes and, and laugh about something. And uh, it takes the shock away from it, maybe. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised it wasn't more in our office WhatsApp group, Steve. I'm surprised yeah, it actually no. didn't. I know it's like. Oh, I think that was mean today. So like, got got the yeah, got ignored a bit. Didn't it, got I the think. tumbleweed. Got yeah. the tumbleweed. Probably should have made one myself, really. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. What a flipping mad time. And I hope we've got some sort of um, depth out of that or we've got some sort of ways to look at it and make some sort of sense of it. And I hope it doesn't seem like we're jumping on the gossiping yeah. 
train about it because I think the reality of the situation is it is just shocking and it's kind of I don't know when we said about doing this it does seem like a learning yeah. moment that actually a behavior that we always talk here toxic masculinity branded around and nobody really knows exactly what it means and I guess we've had a display where it seems like oh that's that's what it is but even within that it's just the messiness of human reactions and interactions and it shows that at any point people are like ticking time bombs you know we can be fit into these boxes of how to live and how to act but sometimes they can't hold the actual emotions that people are going through and feeling and it's unrealistic to expect people to behave to this standard that we kind of expect of people nowadays you know you can joke about what you want but you also can't react you need to be able to set boundaries but not too much because people want to be able to have an insight into your life you know it's just it's almost like impossible standards. yeah and like for what it's worth I, I do wish them well like i know uh like w- w- there's from what i've read of will briefly and heard of in interviews and stuff that they seem like a well-meaning family they want to try and do the right things and um i'm sure there's more learnings to come but it's definitely a very hard task when you're that famous and um, yeah there's, yeah. there's there's a question that's been asked on Instagram as well. What would I have done if that was Nat? <laughs> what would I have done if that was Nat? Um, I think I would have done the same as Will for the first two seconds and awkwardly laughed and then seen and registered how Nat felt and how I felt about it. And I probably wouldn't have gone up on a stage I uh, probably would have just like, I'd have sat really uncomfortably and um, I would have been asking those questions about, does he know that, that she's got alopecia? What about and leaving? Been... I thought like, what about just saying, right, actually, let's just go get a drink at the back for 30 minutes and come back out or I don't know. Yeah, I just, I think mm. that... That would have been quite. Yeah, like, right? That would have been the best. That. that would have been the best statement, I guess, as well. It, it, it goes into that physical reaction where you, you're showing that that boundary has been crossed or that line has been crossed, which was obviously there. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I don't think I would have been hijacked that much to think that that was the right thing to go up and do. And um, but I also would have been extremely embarrassed if you yeah. had done that. You know, from my position, I, I, would I don't have, think I, that would have. I would have understood what good. was going on, how the, the whole situation, and spoken to Nat about it, and then I would have gone to speak about, go, gone to speak to whoever's said it and made the joke and said how we're feeling, and then see what happens. Mm. Uh, it also makes me feel uncomfortable, you know, when you see online people saying, "Oh, he only did it because he saw Jada's yeah. reaction." You know, like this idea that it's almost a bad mm. thing that if a the wife counterpart of this situation has a reaction that's different to your own, 
that that can sway how you feel. Like, I think it's really good in a relation and shows quite a healthy relationship that, you know, say if me and Stevie are in that situation, a joke's been targeted at me and Stevie initially laughs and then looks at me and sees that that's caused me to feel uncomfortable or cause pain for him to then realize, oh, actually, no, that's not funny. And that's quite, you know, that's hurt someone that I care about. I think that's really normal and actually very healthy. But it kind of gets said as if it's like, oh, you know, the husband's been swayed mm. by the wife's feelings or whatever, as if it's a bad thing. I'm like, actually, I think that's quite mm. healthy. Take away the going up on stage and slapping someone. But that part, I think, is... Yeah, there's quite a lot of learning good. in that, isn't it? That's probably really like... It's, and then afterwards, you can be... Oh shit! Yeah, I, I should have realised that wasn't okay. Um, mm. And then to like completely flip it as well, uh, I guess there probably there might be situations where someone's being super oversensitive. I know I've definitely catastrophised in my head, and sometimes maybe, and someone can say it's not as bad if you you've made out, and it can work both ways. But yeah, it's good if you can both mm -hmm. learn from each other's reactions and then discuss them. Why you both felt that way and who's in the right and come on a consensus on it is a is a good framework. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think we've got a bit of a discussion there, and I think there's some points to pull out. Definitely. Um, don't get too famous. That's the main. Don't well, you get be, too famous. You yeah. want to be like the bassist in Coldplay or John Le Carre or someone where yeah, you're really yeah. respected in your field, but you can go and live a normal life and no one yeah. is going to bother you. Or like... Yeah. Yeah, that's so exactly. true. That's so true. Um, who would want to live that world in that world day to day? Uh, I just want to close out um, by just reminding people that we have a counselling service. Mentality has got a counselling service and it's doing some amazing, amazing work. We have racked up the hours. We're over 600 hours of counselling right now and we've got three counsellors. We have a counsellor based in Yorkshire, John Bell. We have a counsellor based in Lancashire, the North West, Lee Jewett, the ex-professional rugby player. We also have Simon Arthur based down in London, Essex. And... You guys listening, if you feel like you want to be able to change your mind, if you feel like you want to be able to work through stuff, you want to own what's going on in your life, please reach out and please give those guys a call to start granting yourself permission to feel better in the world and to move forward. That is the best starting point, to have that conversation and to start owning where you are. Thank you guys for joining. Natalie from downstairs, Chris from um, Sunny Leeds. And uh, I've enjoyed that conversation. I think it's, it's going It's literally forward. snowing outside right now. Is it? Yeah, right. yeah, it's okay. weird. It's weird weather. Is it? It's really sunny on the weekend, but yeah. Oh, like, well, snowy it's, uh, it's a lot colder in flipping Connecticut, I'll tell you that, for, for nothing. Um, but yeah, I, I quite enjoy this. I think... Uh, it's quite good to break down stuff that's currently going on to see a bit more depth in it. And, um, and yeah, thanks you guys for listening. It'd be interesting to hear what people think from listening yeah, to what 100%. we've said. 
if so if anyone wants to um comment somehow on social media or get back to us it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts yeah do uh give us a shout in on on instagram give us a shout on twitter uh you can also give us a review as well on spotify i know spotify doing reviews out on there so it'd be, be great to get a review on there or on apple and for you to tell people about mentality because uh we bloody love doing it don't we we bloody love doing it and uh, I've enjoyed this I've not spoken to Chris for a while I've been lost out here in America for a bit on the search on the journey of recovery hopefully recovery and um, yeah I've enjoyed it so thanks for listening guys and uh, please let us know what you think too